The first scripture lesson is from the Old Testament, the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 26, reading verses 1 to 11. When you have come into the land that the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance to possess, and you possess it and settle in it, you shall take some of the first of all the fruit of the ground which you harvest from the land that the Lord your God is giving you, and you shall put it in a basket and go to the place that the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name. You shall go to the priest who is in office at that time and say to him, Today I declare to the Lord your God that I have come into the land that the Lord swore to our ancestors to give us. When the priest takes the basket from your hand and sets it down before the altar of the Lord your God, you shall make this response before the Lord your God. A wandering Aramean was my ancestor. He went down into Egypt and lived there as an alien, few in number, And there he became a great nation, mighty and populous. When the Egyptians treated us harshly and afflicted us by imposing hard labor on us, we cried to the Lord, the God of our ancestors. The Lord heard our voice and saw our affliction, our toil, and our oppression. The Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with a terrifying display of power, and with signs and wonders, and he brought us into this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. So now I bring the first of the fruit of the ground that you, O Lord, have given me. You shall set it down before the Lord your God and bow down before the Lord your God. Then you gather with the Levites and the aliens who reside among you shall celebrate with all the bounty that the Lord your God has given to you and to your house. I don't know if those who are online have seen the tree yet. Those of you who are in the house know what we're talking about. Now, but this morning's service is really kind of an object lesson of Thanksgiving. So it's an extended children's story, if you will. Um, Reflecting upon the whole idea of Thanksgiving, the reality that struck me this week was that, of course, When we don't recognize those things in our lives for which we are thankful, life can often seem a little dull and boring and not very colorful. But as we as we recognize God's blessings, then our lives kind of gain this fullness uh, and beauty uh, that we can recognize and celebrate. And that is kind of the uh, the story behind the tree and it will unfold for you as the as the day goes by the canadian celebration of thanksgiving which we mark this weekend is a festival that is closely tied to harvest it is something easy it is sometimes easy for us to forget that fact many of us have become uh, accustomed to our food coming conveniently packaged in a box or a tin on a supermarket shelf. And yet that is only the end result of the work of farmers throughout the spring and the summer. Drive out into the country today or tomorrow and you may well find the combines and tractors hauling corn from the fields and into into the silos for another year. And if that hasn't started yet, it will soon. When the children of God came to the end of the Exodus wandering and took possession of the land that God had promised to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob before them, life changed for the children of God. 
No longer were they a nomadic people, a people who lived hand to mouth each each day. Scripture tells us that the manna had stopped falling from the sky when they came into the land. And they were forced to settle and to begin to grow their own food. The temptation was great that they would lose sight of the providence that they were receiving from God's hand and that they would begin to think that what they had was the result of their own hand's work and not God's grace. To guard against this temptation, the presentation of the first fruits, which we heard read from Deuteronomy, was instituted. As the children of God are told of this festival, they are reminded that they believe in a bountiful God, a God who led them out of Egypt and who provided for them on the way. They were reminded that no, no one moment stands on its own, but it is tied into the story, the story of the people, the story of God and of their faith. It was that same God that watched over them still when they arrived in the land, and it was that same God who would continue to bless them with the fruit of the land. In response, the people were called to present the first fruits of the field, not a specific portion of the total harvest. They weren't asked to tithe. They weren't asked to bring the surplus that would not fit in their barns. They were not asked to bring the excess that was left over when the year was done, but they were asked to bring the first fruits, the very first of the harvest. It was a sign of faith that they trusted God to continue to be faithful and to provide for them. They would not worry about heavy rains or early frosts damaging the rest of their crops. They would trust that God would provide. As we celebrate this Thanksgiving and the blessings that we have received from God, it is good that we too have things to share and that we can be generous knowing that God is faithful. As you gather around your Thanksgiving table with your immediate family this weekend and phone or Skype with others who are distant from you, take time to remember all the good which you have been, with which you have been blessed and give thanks to God. Let us pray. Now thank we all our God, for you, O Lord, are a gracious God. Springtime and harvest, each morning's new fallen dew, is a reminder of your continued presence with your people. Watch over us, we pray, and bless us. Give us generous and thankful hearts that we may acknowledge your blessings as we gather this weekend. And make us thankful for your goodness all around us. Amen. The second scripture reading is from the New Testament, the book of Timothy, Paul's letter to second letter to Timothy, chapter one, verses three to seven. I am grateful to God, whom I worship with a clear conscience, as my ancestors did, when I remember you constantly in my prayers, night and day 
Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that lived first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure lives in you. For this reason, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. Throughout the letters of the Apostle Paul, Paul uses the image of family time and again and makes reference to both our biological families and our family of faith. As Paul writes this letter to Timothy, a young leader in the Christian community, Paul remembers the sincere faith that was in Lois, his grandmother, and Eunice, Timothy's mother, and which now dwelt in Timothy. Many of us have been nurtured in faith by parents and grandparents who first brought us to church as children and then in their life and teaching modeled their love for Christ to us. And there is no greater gift and no greater responsibility than we have as parents to pass on our faith to our children that they may know the love and joy of God. But Paul also uses the language of family when he speaks about the church. Often Paul will address the church as brothers and sisters in Christ. In Christ's incarnation, we are adopted into the one family of God. And Paul acknowledges that we are connected to each other by our common faith in Jesus Christ. Both of these understandings of family are important to us. They give us companions on the road of life's journey and nurture us in faith and love. Many of the leaves on the tree this morning celebrate the blessing of family, which gives to many of us a sense of connection and belonging. Once more, let us pray. Now thank we all our God, For you, O God, have formed us into families and called us into the family of faith to care for and to nurture one another. We thank you for families near and far and for the family of faith that welcomes us in and gives us a sense of belonging in this place and in your church around the world. Amen. This scripture reading is from the Old Testament, Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time on and forevermore. I guess it's little wonder that many of you are celebrating good health this year. Because health seems to have been one of those things that we have been most concerned about this year. Our own health 
and the health of others. As we've sought to limit the effects of this pandemic that has placed so many people's lives in jeopardy, we acknowledge that God is the great giver of life. And, we, and that we receive the gift of life as a gift from God. And that God's promise is that God shall watch over and protect us. The book of Psalms is this collection of prayers by people of faith down through the ages. And through the ages, many believers have found that the Psalms speak to them in the midst of their sorrow, in the great celebrations of life, in times of contemplation and reflection. Psalm 21 reminds us that God is with us and watching over us even when it might seem that the world is pressing in all around us. In the midst of our our uncertainty, Psalm 121 affirms that we stand firm in God, that God will not allow our foot to be moved, regardless of how much we may tremble. God will be our constant companion and safeguard, even when we are worn out and fatigued. God neither slumbers nor sleeps. Today, we give thanks to God, the giver and the protector of life, who promises that wherever we may find ourselves, God is with us. Let us pray. Now thank we all our God. We give you thanks, O Lord, for you are the author and the perfecter of our lives. In our mother's wombs, you knit us together. And through all the challenges of this life, you are our companion and our friend. We thank you that you have been with us during this past year and pray that you will continue with us into the future. We pray for those who have struggled with health issues, especially those whose lives have been touched by COVID-19. Strengthen those who are weak, Comfort those who mourn. Encourage those who work in the medical community and seek to provide aid. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. The last scripture reading is from the Old Testament, Psalm 122. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem, built as a city that is bound firmly together. To it the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. For there the thrones for judgment were set up, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For the sake of my relatives and friends, I will say, Peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. It struck me as appropriate that Psalm 122 follows 121. And not from a numeric point of view, but because of the themes that are involved. Psalm 121 is filled with all of this anguish and concern. The psalmist feels pressed down all around. And then, Psalm 122. 
How are we to respond to the gift of life that God gives and to God's protection in our lives? We are to give thanks and and sing praise. Thanksgiving and praise go together like a hand and a glove. Just as a glove needs the hand to really fill it out and to give it its shape, so too our thanksgiving is empty until it is shaped and molded by praise. And many of you are thankful this day for this place and for the community of faith. The worship life of this community and our families was the tie for the, for the most uh, number of, of leaves that were s- submitted over this past couple of weeks. And in this year of great uncertainty, I think many have expressed their appreciation that at the beginning of each new week you were able to gather, albeit perhaps online rather than within the sanctuary, and offer our praise and our thanksgiving to God. In chat windows, you have greeted each other each each Sunday morning and you have expressed appreciation for those who have led the worship service through the reading of scriptures and and the leading of the uh, songs of praise. It's almost like we were here. Almost. Psalm 122 begins with these words. I was glad when they said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. For the Jewish people, Jerusalem held a special place. It was the dwelling place of God. The Ark of the Covenant, which sat in the Holy of Holies in the the temple, was the footstool of God. With God seated on his throne in heaven. And they were required to travel to the temple for the festivals, if they could possibly make it. But for many of them, their weekly faith would be sustained in the home, by the family unit, saying prayers together and remembering Sabbath. We have not been that far away from that tradition of family worship and Sabbath this year, as we have sought to nurture our own faith and the faith of our families during this time when St. John's may have almost seemed as remote as Jerusalem itself. And yet, we have known and experienced the sustaining love of God. So this day, we give thanks to God that we can be together in worship. Let us pray. Now thank we all our God. We give you praise and thanksgiving, most merciful Lord, For that is the purpose of our lives, our duty and our delight. We thank you for this community of faith and for your church throughout this community and around the world where your people may gather together to sing your praise and celebrate your good gifts. May we always be mindful of the good things we enjoy and acknowledge you as the source of every blessing. Amen.